Hello, lovelies. Welcome to Horror 421, the podcast, with your host, your friendly small-town horror author, Charles Campbell. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the frights in this week's episode. This episode of Horror 421, the podcast, is brought to you by Terror Tour. Music is a killer. Virginia Morgan is the lead singer of a band called the Valley Rats. They have embarked on a regional tour. There is excitement in the air, but there is also something else. One by one, members of the band receive ominous letters at each stop. At first, they think it is a harmless prank staged by a fan. Soon, they learn it is something much more sinister. The band will have to come together to play the show of their lives if there is any hope that they can survive the Terror Tour. Terror Tour can be found at valleyboypublications.com by clicking on the shop tab. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Horror 421, the podcast. Today I have a very special guest. I've admired her work from afar for a little while. I've seen a few of the movies she's been in, but she is a filmmaker, she's an actor, and she's a podcast host, and she does all kinds of cool shit. Her name is Iabu Windermere, and thank you for coming on the show today, Iabu. Glad to be here. <laughs> well, I hope I didn't butcher your name. I think that's the way you pronounce it. Yeah, you did a great. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, for our listening audience, it, to start off the podcast, if you could give us just a little bit of background about yourself, you know, uh, how you came up into the uh, filmmaking and uh, what kind of led you in the horror genre. Um, so I'll be quiet and kind of let you give us a little background, then we'll have a conversation. Well, so I've been doing acting for a while. I actually did... Um... I've been acting since I was a kid, mo mostly more plays. I didn't get into film until I mo actually moved to Cincinnati. Um, actually, the story of how I got into acting is kind of hilarious because uh, I was an extremely shy kid. My mom would be like, oh, hi, I'm Brenda, and this is my daughter. Where'd she go? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was so shy. Um, so she had signed me up. I want to say maybe I was 10 for uh, this place called the Melon Patch Theater in Florida. And um, I was never the same since. It was an acting camp. I just totally came out of my shell. It was the most amazing thing ever. I met all these other people who were also creative and silly, and it just it just changed my life. So my mom has joked every now and then that like she's not sure if it was the best idea <laughs> to <laughs> the camp. Um, and it's it's great too because I think just doing the acting like helps you in everyday situations. I mean, being a shy person, you know, you would think that it would be terrifying to be in movies, but really, especially in film, it's like you and the camera and like a few people around you in that moment. And whenever you zone in on your character, you don't see anyone else around there. You don't even see the camera anymore. It's the coolest thing. Like when I watch movies I've been in, it's like I, I'm watching it and it's from a totally different point of view because right. it's almost like I have those memories of doing those scenes like they were real. It's really exciting. Um, but, uh, you know, doing plays and stuff, I eventually got into film in um, Cincinnati when I moved there. Like I said, I grew up in Florida. And, uh, you know, Cincinnati, it's a huge horror scene. Like, it, it's just like, they love horror movies in Cincinnati. <laughs> Um, and you know, I did, I did a bunch of like 48 hour competitions, acted in anything I could get my hands in. I did a, um, a series called, uh, Capes, which was one of my favorite things I've done. Uh, I did that pretty early on getting into film and it was very successful. It was on a, um, oh, if I can remember the name of it. Um, gosh, it was on this site that was very, uh, it was very new. I don't even think it's around anymore, but it was like, as soon as our, this Cape series had went live, it was, uh, we got like all these views. It was crazy. So that was like the first major thing. Like I actually got paid for as a, as an independent film, um, actor, which is crazy. <laughs> well, you're, you know, I, I looked over your bio and it's really, really impressive. I host two podcasts. I host this horror podcast and I host a musicians only podcast and you could be on either one. Because uh, you, when I'm reading this, you play the flute, the piccolo, the electric guitar, 
You can play the clarinet, the harmonica, the saxophone. Uh, yeah. That's pretty cool. Tell me a little bit about that and how you came up in music. I'm, I'm segueing a little bit into, oh, yeah, into no, music, but uh, yeah, that's I'm very interested in that kind of stuff. It's funny because I recently have been thinking about getting back into doing a lot of music stuff. Like I just I just bought a program and I'm learning how to use it to make a lot, of, lot more music. I used to make music for some of my films, uh, like maybe like five or six years back, and I've kind of gotten away from it. Okay. But um, yeah, growing up, I learned how to um, you know, play the flute was my first instrument, and uh, it just kind of opened up this really cool area for expression for me for music, and uh, just kind of got carried away from there. But I, I have a, you know, if I thought about it, I would have brought it, I would have grabbed it for this. But uh, I've got this vest that's just filled with awards of band awards. Oh wow from competing and uh it's funny because i'm not a i'm not a, like a competitive person really but i'm competitive with myself right um, always trying to push myself but uh yeah i i really enjoyed um you know the whole the whole thought of just getting uh you know you get a piece of music and then you have to play it and there's that performance aspect which i love with acting as well um and you know i did so good that there was one time i had had done multiple competed multiple solos in one day and by right. the end there was one where i wasn't very prepared for it's a hilarious story and i the lady the judge had seen me so many times that day and um i played it off so well like i was just tired and exhausted but i really i just this one piece i had not had the time to study and she was like the first thing out of her mouth is it's so obvious that you knew this piece so well right right <laughs> totally folded. Um, <laughs> oh my god that's hilarious i also yeah. have i also have one of those awards is for playing cowbell uh <laughs> it reminds me of the snl skit yeah yes that's that's why i always bring that up blue oyster cult yep more yeah. cowbell <laughs> nice yeah, that's why I, also, I actually got an award for playing uh cowbell it was in jazz man but uh yeah, oh, yeah. A lot of fun. <laughs> I would have that on the wall. I definitely would have that on the wall. That's yeah, pretty impressive. I've thought about like framing that one. And if I could find a picture somewhere of myself playing cowbell, that'd be <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> wow. Well, you are certainly an accomplished filmmaker. And I, I'm a small town horror author. I usually introduce myself, but I have a little promo that does that for me when I come in. But, uh, and I watch a lot of, I read a lot of independent horror authors and I watch a lot of independent horror films because I go to like the Days of the Dead convention in Atlanta every year and I'm selling my books and I'm always looking for new movies to watch. And um, I didn't discover you there. I discovered you from a, a film that I picked up. I forget where I picked it, picked it up, but it was one of Henrik's movies. And uh, it, oh, I got this on Amazon. It was Haunted House on Sorority Row. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, you weren't in it very long, but it was a cool scene uh, <laughs> with you and Joe. So from an independent um, actor and filmmaker, tell me some of the uh, challenges you've had uh, along the way in, in producing independent films. And do you have a couple of cool stories you'd like to tell in creating some of these? I'm going to bring up a couple more that I've watched and I'll, I'll dig into those a little bit more, but uh, just curious because you are so multi-talented. Uh, I have so many things I want to ask you, but I'm trying to shoot them all out at one time. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, geez. I, oh my God, there's gotta be so many stories. Um, yeah. <laughs> there, there was a, the first story that I, that pops out, I actually did a, uh, was in this film for um, Yamaha for their uh, music school. And um, they, so basically we filmed this, you know, whole film. I was a, uh, it was called 50-50 and I was uh, an assassin. And um, when we filmed it, uh, it was, it had to be like 10 degrees outside. And I was wearing like these really tall heels and this itty bitty mini skirt. Yeah. <laughs> parking garage, we were there for hours. And there was one shot where I was in that, I would, I like, it must have been like 20 minutes, I think. And like I said, it was 20 degrees out. Mm. And um, I hadn't moved in the longest time. And we went, we went to, uh, we'd finally gotten the shot. And um, I realized, I was like, guys, I can't feel my feet. Oh, man. 
I had stood there in like 20 degrees for so long and I was so concentrated on, you know, like trying to keep warm, trying to not think about being cold. And I just didn't realize that, um, like I had gotten a little too cold. Um, so, so, and the worst part was it turned out, I think it was some sort of, um, uh, issue, some sort of technical issue had happened, like with sound or something. We had to reshoot it. Oh no, that sucks. And it was it was like maybe only ten degrees warmer. But that time I got smart and I I uh, brought a pair of sweatpants. So literally between scenes when we reshot it, I'd be the sweatpants would be up or they'd be down <laughs> at my ankles or or I would take them off to get my feet. It was so nice. Funny. <laughs> oh my god, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, I'm a wimp with that stuff. I you know if I'm cold for too long, I'm like screw this, I'm out. <laughs> no way. Well, it made me like really aware of uh, like planning for filming and as a as an actress, you know, I whenever I'm on the director uh, side of it or producer, you know, like behind the camera, you know, you, you think more about things to look out for and things yeah. to take care of your actors and stuff. But when you're on camera, sometimes you don't think about it as much. Uh, but it it helped me to really like think about communicating. You know, like if it's if it is ten degrees, say, hey, are you guys gonna see? see my legs in this because i'm gonna cover up so i can yeah. get warm you know it just makes you have to think about it no one sees that on camera at all yeah i guess it just depends on the shot if it's from yeah. the waist up then you're good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well let's dive into the acting piece a little bit before we get into the directing and some of the other stuff you've done um what led you like what led you down the independent acting path um you know what was your first major role in an independent film? So, you know, something that's always been really close to my heart uh, looking back was this movie called um, Psycho Killer. And uh, it, I don't know, have you had a chance to watch that one before? I'm writing it down. I haven't seen that one. I've seen quite it's a few actually, years. Um, it was so hard to really find a copy of it and watch it. But I actually had found the copy uh, a couple of years ago and I talked to the director and said, hey, can I put it on my my YouTube so people can find it. So you actually can find it on my YouTube. There's a okay. copy of it there. Cool, um, cool. But it's uh, it's this weird mo kind of underground movie that's gotten like a lot of kind of fanfare um, over it. Um, and uh, we filmed it in the um, tuberculosis hospital tunnels in Cincinnati. Oh, wow. Yeah, most people don't even know about those. Uh, it was, I mean, there, the... Uh, stretchers and stuff like that were like down there from back in the tuberculosis days <laughs> oh shit i bet that was scary yeah. Uh, yeah i'd love to see that yeah and how was like it was one of the um one of the first kind of big things i did um uh, besides like you know capes was i think i think i did capes like in the middle of doing um psycho killer but uh the first role i had in it i was uh i'm getting um i got well he's like gets cutting into my head and there's a there's a trailer of that too and that's in most of the trailer is is me like screaming while he's cutting into me but um and i yeah. it was the first time i was really exposed to horror movies really and uh i didn't realize all these tricks that they did that was the coolest thing like when he's like he takes the skin off my arm and the sound that they use is um like carrots like the director crunched on carrots <laughs> oh my god um but it looks like it amazed me so much like it looks like they're peeling the skin off my arm in the trailer like it it, it it's amazing um and that movie took him uh it feels like three or four years actually to finish oh, i was wow. involved in that for a long time because i actually stepped into more of a uh you know like assistant director kind of role in that movie just because i came became so much so good friends with the production team right i actually played two roles in that movie too there's one role you know where i have like this like blondish brownish hair on the table getting uh cut into pieces or whatever. and then uh there's uh, another role where i'm wearing a black wig so that was really cool one of my first big things to actually be able to play two roles in it that was a cool uh, thing and a lot of yeah. people didn't know that that i was both I, of those characters well i'm definitely going to check it out it's called psycho killer and i'll put the link down in the podcast uh, description so people can find it uh, i may watch that tonight that sounds pretty good 
Um, okay, so you told me about your acting debut in a in a you know in an indie horror film. Tell me about how you got in on the other side of the camera uh, directing movies. Uh, I always find that interesting. I've spoken with Henrik at length about you know his process. So I kind of want to know how you got into directing and uh, your process. How what what steps you go through when you're when you're putting a film together and you have to deal with all these actors and kind of get everyone on the same page. So I I started originally actually I I wrote plays as a kid. Okay. I always loved writing, um, and uh, as I did you know more acting here and then I started to get involved with um, you know the production crew with Psycho Killer. Uh, that was really when I started to realize I was like, you know what? I bet, I bet I could start doing this on my own. Like I could, I could do some of this. Um, so I actually, the first film I made was called um, Villainy Redeemed, and it was, it was actually um, a fan film that I uh, had put into a competition. The what's the name of it? The uh, Superman Celebration that they do in Metropolis, Illinois. They have a fan film competition whenever they do their festival. And so that's, so that was my goal to enter into that. Um, I know I had, I had a blast doing it. It it was, it was really scary. It was one of these things where it's really only two actors um, on screen. And uh, it's actually, I don't want to give away what, well, I don't know, whatever. It's a fan film, but. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you don't have to spoil it. You can kind of give a description. But um, Uh. it's the character I play. It's like a twist. And um, you find out who my character actually really is by the end of it. Uh And um, when I did the premiere for it with everyone who was involved with it, um, I will never forget that feeling of when that twist happens, you find out who my character really is. And people like being like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> and I get goosebumps right now just thinking about it. There's something about that. Like when you, you write a story and you get to see people enjoy that story, um, it's just that, that creative side in you like feels like it has a place where it belongs. And that's what I, I try to always remind myself of that feeling I had in that premiere, that that's what I'm doing it for. Um, you know, like the, the scripted podcast I'm writing now, it's like, um, there was a time where, uh, you know, John Oak Dalton, who's one of the writers for Smart House, he, uh, and for a lot of Henrik's stuff, <laughs> he yeah, yeah. Uh, messaged me. He's like, I really, I just, there's, I love what you're doing with this podcast. And it was like that same thing. I was like, oh, that's so cool. And even my actors for, you know, the the scripted podcast I'm doing, they'll message me. They'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm watching it. And this one part where that's happening, I have all these theories. And these are like actors in the podcast. Oh, that's cool, man. <laughs> that they have theories about characters. And I, it's just, it's so cool. It, it's, there's something, there's something about, you know, like making something, seeing it through and just seeing people entertained. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Now you talked about the scripted podcast. I'll put links again below uh, so people can get to it. But uh, if you want to share right now where people can find the scripted podcast and what it's called, I definitely want to put that out there. So the podcast is called Villainy Unsearchable, and you can get to it if you go to podcast.villainylegacy.com. There's links to it, and those links will also get you to my YouTube um it's uh it's kind of its own genre like and something i kind of let slip out recently is it's a scripted podcast but it's technically found footage okay technically and that's not something i've been open with but lately you know someone actually i can't remember who it was they messaged me and they thought that this was like a podcast podcast i'm like no it's scripted like it's not real <laughs> like the character story it's a story yeah it's a yeah. story um yeah. but i just i i'm always I'm always looking for unique ways to tell stories. So I thought, you know, I, I watched during 2020, my husband who um, wouldn't probably wouldn't sit and watch the Lord of the Rings. That it would be too much for him, you know. Right, right, right. But he would sit and he would listen and watch these podcasts during 2020. And I was like, huh, there's people that are into that. And I was like, well, there's a cool thing with a podcast is you can listen to it. You can watch it. It doesn't matter. Um, and most of the time, the people who are into it are into information. Right. Um, and they want something with a little more depth. And so I had created this, um, this world, what I call the villainy legacy world, 
Um, and um, it's a series of different stories I've written over time. And uh, Villainy Redeemed was my first film that I made, actually kind of inspired me to do this. Um, when I realized, why am I wasting this story? I'm making it a fan film. I was like, some of the characters and stories I have in here could be their own thing. They could be right. their own unique characters. And uh, so having all this backstory and story for it, I was like, oh my gosh, I have all this information. I can make a podcast that seems like it's real about a place that's not real. <laughs> <laughs> that like, cool. That's something that no one's really doing. I've heard people talk about, oh, so-and-so is making this scripted podcast. And then I wait. And a lot of those I've heard about didn't actually happen. There's so much to go into it. Like you have to create that world like it's real to make the podcast, you know, believable. Right. Um, yeah, I, I listen to some podcasts. I haven't listened to a lot of scripted podcasts, unless you want to call Weekly Spooky scripted. It's just the spooky stories every week. <laughs> Shout out to Henrik on that one. Uh, he shared a few of my stories, so I appreciate that. But uh, I'll definitely check it out. I, I've listened to one other one called Pamela Private Eye, and it's the same kind of thing where she takes you through a serial, you know, kind of ongoing story. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out, and I urge the listeners to do so as well. I appreciate that. <laughs> so I do want to ask you a couple of questions about uh, a, a couple of movies I've seen you in. And this one I really enjoyed. Um, and I'm not going to give away the ending or spoil anything. But I, I had Joni and uh, John Hambrick on last year. And we talked a little bit about Alone in the Ghost House. Yes. And I thought I you that. did such a great job in this film. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, could you tell me about how you got involved in this movie and uh, – Maybe, you know, we can, if you want to give the listeners a kind of an overview of what character you played and how you fit into the film without us spoiling it too much. There will be light spoilers, so if you haven't seen Alone in the Ghost House, go check it out. But uh, I want to get Iabu's take on this. I, I, I love John and Joni's take, so I'm getting another person. So it's, oh, it's such a, a memorable, it was such, such as a memorable experience making that movie. There was there was a script, <laughs> kind of. Um, it was more like a guide, like a timeline of events that we were going to film. And okay. it was like, I want to say it was this Blitz filming that we did over a weekend. Um, and like, as a creative person, it was so great to just be given so much freedom to like, this is your character, make that character real. This is kind of like what you need to say. And then you fill in all the blanks. You know, not all actors can do that, um, but this was a found footage. Right. Um, so it, it makes it even more real uh, to make it that way. And I was excited whenever I got asked to do it. Um, I, think, I think it was my second movie with Henrik. Um, so I think Sorority Row was the first. I think this one was the second, if I remember right. And, uh, I came from UCF. That's where I went to college. It was the University of Central Florida. And the people who made, um, oh, what was that first found footage? Um, oh, I just lost my, I just lost it. Oh, the one, did you mention yeah. it earlier? It's no, the, sorry, the found footage that made found footage really big. Um, oh, like Blair Witch? Blair Witch, yes. They went to school at UCF. Okay. So, and they had like graduated the year um, before I started. And so everything was Blair Witch this, Blair Witch that. You'd like go to a class and were like, the people who made Blair Witch were sitting in these seats. Like, oh, wow. Well, like I will you, tell you, when that came out, that fool, it fooled my ass. I thought that shit was real when I was watching yeah, it. I was, like, I was freaking out whenever I watched it. Um, it just felt so real. And so yeah. getting asked to be in a found footage. I like I was like beyond excited like I don't think Henrik ever I've never told this to Henrik at all but I was so excited just because I'm such a big Blair Witch fan yeah um and uh it was just it was it was a little scary you know I, I was still kind of like new to the film acting and uh there would be things like he he'd put, like he'd get the camera on you and be like this do this 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 and this and then come back out yeah. <laughs> you're like oh okay so the shot where i'm all like walking in like mm -hmm. the way we had filmed that was each of us actors you put the camera on us it's like here you go <laughs> and you walked in did your part and came out yeah so it, oh wow 
it was the coolest way to do it because really in that sense you're like all right that's it i'm the character <laughs> yeah yeah we're gonna do this this is real you know um but it's so neat because it's about uh it's supposed to be you know this this haunted house and um you know this girl's on i think she's on a tour to explore uh haunted houses if i remember right um sometimes it's hard for me to remember what got in the movie and what we filmed <laughs> Because uh, yeah. you remember both sides of it. Yeah, well, um, Joni and John played uh, two characters, I think, that traveled around exploring that kind of stuff. And they had like a YouTube channel or something. If I remember right, right, right. And yeah. so they go to pick, I'm supposed to be like one of her close friends. And they show up and I'm doing um, stuff on aerial silks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, if I remember right, there's a comment in there like, oh, I have maybe maybe Henrik's character makes it where he's like, well, some of your characters or some of your friends are weird or something like that. Yeah. And it's just a shot of me on the aerial silks, which I loved how that edited together because when we actually filmed it, it felt a lot more serious. Um, we actually filmed probably me on the silks for what felt like maybe like an hour. Um, yeah. So, so the way, like, it was like, we did all that filming for an hour. And then when I sat and watched the movie, he's like, oh, your friends are weird. <laughs> I yeah. was like, I was just dying laughing because it's the one quick shot. Um, but well, uh, one of the things that stuck out to me in that movie and, and some of other Henry, Henry's movies that you've been in, in Joni and John, was the chemistry between all you guys. You you guys all work really well together. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not a movie producer, director, or anything like that. But to me, that seems like something that's maybe hard to find to get a group like that that is so well meshed. So I like your comments on that. So it's really cool, like just to go on set with Henrik and you like, it's, it's like just buddies getting back together. You, know, yeah. you hear about that. There's all these uh, movie makers like in LA who, you know, they're working with the same actors all the time. And it's kind of right. like we got our own little version of that here in Dayton. Um, and, you know, it's, I think there's a bonding that's happened between all of us because of that. Cause you know, you, yeah. you see us just, you know, in scenes together but you know we're all like in the background you know just pouring out our lives to each other yeah, <laughs> downtime, yeah. You know? there's uh it, th to me some of the most fun i have on sets is just catching up with people waiting for my scenes to be shot <laughs> yeah well it it believe it or not to to me the audience and it translates on film when you're working together because you're thinking, you know, you're working so well together and I'm looking at things and I was like, these people actually like each other. Even if their characters don't like each other, you can kind of see in the interactions that you guys are really kind of friends. And, you know, I've seen other indie movies where it looks like these two people hate each other and they're just going through the dialogue to go through the dialogue. But uh, that kind of stands out to me a little bit. So, no, yeah, I think we all like we're all really good friends. Everyone who's been in all of Henrik's movies, um, you know, we see each other from time to time. And it's funny because a lot of times you'll have been in a movie with them, but maybe you never actually met them face to face. And you've talked to them online. And it's funny when you go to finally meet them on set one time where you're both filming at the same time. You right. realize this is the first time we've ever actually met. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that's the other thing, the, tr the film tricks that, that you guys can do where you, you know, and I talked to another director a couple weeks ago uh, where he had the guy that was in Hellraiser. What was the dude's name? Doug Bradley. He shot an entire scene with this guy interacting with these two girls in the movie and they never met each other <laughs> this is the way they cut it and i'm like that's crazy because it looked like they were like in the same room talking to each other so movie magic right oh yeah yeah oh wow well that's awesome um i will bring up one other movie that uh you've been in and then we'll get off the henrik connection and get back to uh Iabu completely but i'm bringing this one up because i think i have your signature on this one this is uh scare waves okay yeah yeah and i think that's your signature right here i think i got your oh yeah john, yeah right there john yeah. hancock so tell I me a little bit about those. <laughs> tell me a little bit about scare. well i got number 75 out of 100 so uh, hopefully he sold all 100 but uh i got the 75th one how was it filming an anthology this was pretty cool from what i remember i'm i'm old so i forget things a lot i may have to go back and rewatch it but uh how was it filming an anthology film well, that one was pretty cool. Um, there was actually, two, I actually played two different roles in that um, because uh, 
I, something happened with scheduling with people and um, I had filmed one role and then another person couldn't make it for another role. And Henrik was like, hey, do you just want to play this role? Because this other person, we could reshoot what you what role you played over here. <laughs> so that's so funny. I showed up to shoot one role and then I want to say it was the next day or something. I think I ended up shooting a completely oh, wow. different role. It's funny. But uh, it, like it was it was really cool. I know like I love I actually love my husband's part in that uh, in that movie. Um like his the cool one as a painter and stuff, but yeah. uh, like Joe uh, kid, we'll give him a shout out. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, he did really well in it. Um, it was really funny to play our two roles together. That was kind of weird because you know, like we didn't know each other. Like that was the whole thing. Like I show up, and uh, you know, he doesn't know me. It was it's so weird to play stuff like that. <laughs> Usually, we're in roles like we know in the in the movie we know each other because right, we right. have chemistry off camera, so they make use of it on camera. Um, but uh, that, that one. That one's really not many people are doing anthologies, and yeah. uh, so I really liked how unique that concept was. And I thought that the way they did it with the radio host was yeah. just the need. It was so creative to do it that way. Yeah, I liked Hambrick as the host. He was pretty cool. Yeah, he has a he has a voice. <laughs> yeah, I just like that guy. Everything I see him in, I like it. Uh, even the. Uh, the Devil's Trail movie, where it's basically just he and Henrik for the whole film bitching at each other the whole time, and I was like, yeah, I just like listening to him. He's a, he is a cool dude. I like John. He's really nice. He's really nice too. All right, well, let's get back on to Iubu. What are you working on right now, film wise? Uh, are, are you working on anything that the folks will be seeing or hearing about soon? So there's a a big thing that's coming out here soon called Smart House, um, and it's. Henrik was a producer on that, actually. And okay. um, it's uh, John Oak Dalton is one of the writers for it. And he, John Oak Dalton was also directing it. Uh, it's shot. My scenes are shot actually mostly in my house. Oh, nice. It's <laughs> been in a lot of Henrik's stuff. I don't think people realize that. Um, I actually kind of buy a new couch like every few years because my house is filmed in so much. <laughs> so... So it actually, and the, I mean, the one Amazon Prime thing, um, the, uh, oh, what was it? The, um, gosh, I can't remember what it's called. The one with uh, Bigfoot. Oh, Boggy Creek. Boggy Creek. Yeah. yeah. A, lot of, a lot of that was actually filmed at my house. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so oh, it's wow. Funny. My house, the same, even the same rooms keep showing up in, in films and people don't even realize it. <laughs> so, um, but but yeah, um, Smart House I'm excited about because it's ironic that I love like smart lights and stuff like that. And, you know, there's always those jokes that, oh, well, you know, what happens if the house tries to take over? Well, that's what the movie's about. <laughs> oh, wow. That's yeah. cool. Um, and so I play a um, ASMR podcaster in it that... Um, is in a house in a in a very smart house, and it is a horror movie, so you can guess how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. When can we expect to see that? So the first premiere is in June in Iowa, and then they're doing a premiere in um, Chicago, actually. And I'm not sure exactly when the the full release of it's going to be, um, but I do know that they have some distribution already set up for it. So it will, it'll have a full release. Um, it, cool. It was, it's a really cool, different movie. I mean, again, you know, I like, I really like being a part of movies that feel different. Um, yeah. Yeah. That don't, don't fit in with other stuff. And the way this one's done with having, I mean, having, you know, one of the main characters be in a sense, like I want to say trapped in a podcast <laughs> and kind of is like the coolest idea to, to really do a film. I mean, it, Basically, I never, I never interacted on screen with any other um, characters other than um, my husband in one really short scene. Um, That's really difficult to do. I, I applaud you for that. That's really difficult to do. I, I don't see. I don't. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it was. I would say it was. I didn't know how. 
difficult that was going to be because it was really is the first time where I've done something where I am like shooting all day, all day. And I think we did it. It was like in two or three days. Um, all, all of our stuff that we shot. It, it was, it was definitely draining. Um, everything else I've shot, it's always been, um, you know, there were other characters to shoot at times and it'd be like, well, can we, like, I, I'll look at the schedule ahead of time and I'll be like, uh, can you switch this and with this? So I have a little bit of time to recover right. between. But it takes a lot out of you. Uh, and it was, it was awesome whenever they had asked me to be a part of that. Um, and I think, I think from what I remembered, you know, John had told us that he really wanted to, you know, do a film with, with Joe and I in it. And he had that in mind when he wrote that, um, that script specifically. Um, well, so, that's cool. Yeah, that was really awesome. Because I've been in little like, you know, like blurbs and uh, Henrik actually uh, jokes that Joe and I are all very frequently his openers. <laughs> But it is true. It's funny. We've opened uh, for a lot of them. You've um, opened for this one. <laughs> yeah, opened for that one. <laughs> opened for, um, I think, was it Scare uh, Scarecrow County, I think? Curse of, yeah, Scarecrow County. That's it. Yeah, yeah I've got yeah, that yeah. movie, too. Yeah. yeah I, think, I, like, so, I like John. We had him on the show last year. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. So you're the opener for a lot of those. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we joke with that, about that with Henrik all the time. So it was a little weird to be... Like in, in a larger role, but um, you know, it's like I have a I have a day job. I'm an engineer, so you know, it works. Sometimes it's it's hard to really put all your time into, you know, being a main character in a yeah. project. Yeah, um, well, I'm with you there. Cool. I have a day job too, but it's fortunately for me, it's a work for home from home job, and uh, it's it allows me time to do other things. So it's pretty cool. But uh. But, uh I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was just going to follow up on that a little bit. How is it working with John? I think he's a pretty cool guy. He, he's he's told me about some of the things he's written, and uh, I've watched a few of his movies, or, well, a couple of his movies now. I, I know he's directed one, uh, maybe two, but uh, he's written a few, right? He has, yeah. It, he's he's written quite a few. Um, he's a great he's a great writer. He takes... Um, he, he takes to a lot of detail when it comes to filming it. I think this is, this might have, Smart House might have been the first time I think he was actually directing. And, you know, they always okay. say it's dangerous to let a writer direct. <laughs> so I can make that joke because I do that all the time. Uh, That's right. But, uh, no, but it is, like, it was, it was really cool to be there for him doing that and directing things. Because um, it was cool to see him learn so much. And he is, like, he is the sweetest guy. Um, and, uh I know, like, even just when we were doing, um, I think it was Scarecrow County, he uh, he had this lighter that looked like a wrench, and I was, like, freaking out over it. I was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And <laughs> then, like, literally a week later, he sends us one. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> film it. He's such a nice guy. He's just, he's great to work with. Um, he, I, you know what, I... I wouldn't expect that he wrote horror movies. And that's the other thing I like about it. Like if I just went him in Walmart, I wouldn't think, oh, that guy goes home and writes. <laughs> yeah, writes yeah. Like, cut him up movies. <laughs> yeah, he writes some crazy shit too. I mean, it's good. It's good crazy. Uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed talking to him last year. He was a he he was a great uh, guest, and the way his mind works, it just intrigued me. So, um, yeah. Another interesting thing that I read in your bio, uh, and I'm kind of on the same page with you on this, uh, maybe not to the degree you are, but uh, I'm kind of a Star Wars nut too. How did you oh. get into Star Wars? <laughs> Gosh, I have like I have been a Star Wars fan so long that I can't even remember uh, like becoming a Star Wars fan. I think uh, I yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a really cool experience where I got to be in a movie called The Force Among Us. And oh, uh, um, I think I saw that. Yeah, it's a documentary. Yeah, um, I think I have it on DVD, actually. Yeah, I'm actually in that movie. Um, there's a shot where, for some reason, they filmed all my scenes. I'm in front of a fireplace. <laughs> so, I'm going to have to go back and check that out. It's been a minute since I've watched it. Yeah, okay. um, everyone, like, I'll be at a Star Wars convention, and someone will, like, randomly walk by me, and they'll be like, oh my gosh, 
you're in that movie in front of the fireplace. And I'm like, well, I'm yes. doing that now because I didn't realize it. I'm doing that now. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. I was like, I'd love to be recognized for actually being in Star Wars, but being recognized <laughs> for being in a Star Wars uh, movie about fans yeah. is, is really cool. Um, and it, it, that came about because I was actually friends with the person who had been the president of the actual official Star Wars fan club. Okay. Yeah, so he had lived down in uh, Cincinnati, and uh, so they were going to interview him, and they said, well, hey, you actually are part of this huge Star Wars collector's club down in Cincinnati. Um, can you get some of the other people to interview? And I was, like, so excited about that when he was, like, asking who wants to do it. So I was like, I'll do it. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, it, it was it was a great experience. I had so much fun with that. I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, I was I was eight years old when it came out, and I saw it at eight, and then that just blew my mind as a kid. I mean, even I mean, even today, the special effects hold up. I mean, I know Lucas went in and he changed a whole bunch of stuff and made it more <laughs> more modern or whatever. But uh, yeah, as a kid, that stuff blew my way and blew me away. And freaking Darth Vader was such a badass. I was like, ah. But I was a strange kid. I wanted him to win. I was like, yeah, Vader's kicking their ass. <laughs> but I digress. Yeah, I love Star Wars. I can I can talk Star Wars. I don't know if I like the last three as much. Um, Definitely not the same feel as the original movies. No. And even when I look back on the on the uh, prequels that Lucas did, and I don't want to go on the geek land here, but... Uh, even those look better to me now than they did then when I go back and watch them, you know, the ones that he did in the nineties and mid 2000, like 2005, what was it? 99, 2002, 2005, whenever those three came out, they are better now when I watch them than they were then. And then the newer ones to me just don't have the feel. There's no, nothing that really draws me into the characters to be honest with you, but that's me. Sorry. Well, you know, they have a, uh, the old movies have this industrial feel to them. Yeah, that's it. Something about the way that movies were made back then, it, it just, it made, like, that Star Wars universe felt so real, and I don't know, maybe it's just the brain can detect all the CG, I don't know if it, like, you kind of lose a little bit of it because of that, or if it's just that the newer movies are kind of too bright and shiny, maybe. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. And I, I see that in other films too, you know, and that's why I kind of like indie, I, you know, I watch mainstream horror, don't get me wrong, but I really gravitate to indie horror because most of them don't have budgets for CGI and all those big bang special effects. It's all practical effects that they're making on the fly and they have bulbs under shirts and they're squeezing <laughs> blood and all, all that stuff. I, I like that shit. That's the kind of stuff I like. So. Well, that was what was great when I worked on um, Psycho Killer. Like, I think you would love that movie because to get the shot where they were peeling the skin off my arm, like Randy, who made that movie, he he was one of those old school filmmakers in the sense that, like, I laid on my arm behind my arm for <laughs> probably two hours on that stainless steel table just so that we could get that shot where it looked like my arm. You know, it's like that's like old school. Like today, oh, yeah. we just CG that. Yeah, no, yeah. They don't do that anymore. It's yeah. yeah. Well, one of the things I don't like when in CGs, like they cut somebody's head off or shoot them in the head or whatever, stab them, and you see that that, that fake ass blood that pops out. I I want the real thing. I want the real fake thing. But anyway, <laughs> all right. So what I want to do now is, wait a minute, let me see here. I have something else in the notes. You attended multiple Dragon Cons and Mega Cons. So I, the only cons I really go to are the horror cons. So are you into going to conventions? Is that something you enjoy to do? And uh, if so, do you have you know an interesting story from going to a con? So... I yeah, I, I love I, it just there's something to be said about going to all all those uh, conventions, just being surrounded by, you know, people like yourself that just don't care that they're like they're nerdy, you know? Like you can just yeah. be yourself, be whoever. Um and like then then there's places like a Dragon Con where um there are so many 
different variations of what people are into. Um, you like all the like people doing the gaming who can go there. You got all the people who are into Star Wars, people who are in the anime, people who are in the horror. Um, just like like Dragon Con it was ridiculous with that. And it it never shut down. Like that convention went would go 24 hours. Like you would joke there, you would change costumes going to Dragon Con probably three, four times a day because it would like, like the family friendly costumes would be during the day. Right, right. <laughs> and then as time gets later, um, you know, the costumes would get a little more like, like the horror ones would get really yeah. cool, you yeah. know, get, like very kind of like risque costumes going on. Um, the rules start to go away as it starts to get later, but just to see that many different like versions of um, fandom in one place and to see so many people get along, um, yeah. so many different people, I think that's probably what I liked the best about it. And like people over the last couple of years, you know, they've gotten so up in arms at each other and so divided. And I just, I, I've started to go back to conventions. Um, just because I miss that. I, I yeah. I miss just being somewhere, being accepted. It doesn't matter. I mean, the last convention I was going to, I was walking around, I ran into someone like I worked with. Yeah, yeah. I, and it was it's like, what? <laughs> you know, you start to find these people have this other secret life. You know, it's like the secret life of going to conventions <laughs> that people have. <laughs> oh. Well, the, like the Days of the Dead convention, I love going to that. I'm I've sell my books there and it's like you said there's all walks of life all kinds of different people they're all dressed up in their favorite horror characters costume or or whatever it, you see everything you see everything and it and it is the quintessential don't judge a book by its cover kind of deal because they're the nicest people you'd ever yeah. want to meet for the most part um, yeah. <laughs> for the most part uh you know you get at you know i almost said assholes but you can get jerks everywhere <laughs> No, you do. Um, but it, it, they're very rare and few and far between. And like all the people I meet there, you know, I've gained a lot of readers there, made a lot of friends there. And uh, I love going to conventions too. So they're very awesome. Very awesome. Okay, Iabu, what I want to do now is I want to kind of be quiet a little bit and I want you to plug anything you got out there uh, <laughs> where our listeners can find you what you have coming out we've talked about some of this during the podcast but i kind of want to recap everything because i want everyone to focus their attention on you and where they can find your stuff and where they can listen to you and i'll be quiet well i mean if anyone wants to follow me on social media you can pretty much find me um at iabu i-a-b-o-u on just about anything <laughs> um uh, i've pretty much uh curtailed that uh that username on everything I can think of. Uh, you know, I, I'm right. I'm always writing a lot of stuff. I probably have stacks of scripts this, you know, this tall and a, well, yeah, that's probably an understatement, but, uh, you know, just the things I've written that I want to get out there and, uh, get filmed. Um, I, my podcast right now that I'm doing is the biggest thing that I'm really working on. Um, and it's again at podcast.villainylegacy.com. Um, or you can just search Villainy Unsearchable. Uh, it's so funny. I just said it like the character says. <laughs> I felt that inside of me when that there happened. There you go. It'll yeah. be in the links below too, guys. So yeah. I'll put it there. Um, and I just, you know, I want to tell people too, with Villainy Unsearchable is even if you're not into podcasts, I try to keep the character very entertaining. Um, the, they're all structured where the beginning of it is just, um, you know, a lot of the facts that you need to know to survive the end of the podcast. And the end of the podcast is usually where you see interaction with characters. Um, it, there are no rules in Villainy Unsearchable, uh, and I've tried to keep it that way. I'm a big person on, you know, like free speech and expression. And um, I, you know, I started my whole Franked Up Films um, group, which you can go to frankedupfilms.com um, to, to see, uh, links to a lot of my movies. Um, my whole goal there is just to at least have one shot in everything that, you know, I write and direct that is, um, surprising. <laughs> like a, like a, what did that just, what just happened moment? Um, because, you know, I think, I think movies are supposed to be how we, uh, escape from reality. And I, I think we need to be careful of keeping that kind of stuff too safe because it is our, 
our expression, especially for creative people. So um, that's the biggest thing. Frankedupfilms.com, uh, Vilni Unsearchable, which as I say in the podcast, is the most uh, secret podcast on the internet. But if you search Vilni Unsearchable, I think it's the only one you'll find. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, like I said, I'm going to make sure I include links to everything. So Frankedupfilms.com, I'll stick that in there. I'm making it a personal uh, um, to do to watch. Uh, what was that first movie you told me? Psycho Killer. Yeah, Psycho Killer. I've got it jotted down over here somewhere. Psycho, yeah, Psycho Killer is a great one. It keep the the views on that sucker keep going up and up. And I'm I'm always messaging the director. I'm like, can you believe what's going on? Um, well, I'm, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to let you know what I think about it. Sounds like I'm going to enjoy it though. I I really hope you do. I, I think you will. I think you will. And the other thing would be like um, Smart House. Uh, I really, I really think that's a it's a different kind of movie. It's it's something people can relate to now with you know everyone doing like podcasts and stuff like that. Um, it's it's something that really like uh, something like this could go down. It's a very like modern version of I think uh, some story themes that we've seen in the past, and so I get excited when that stuff gets modernized. Uh, John is. John and uh, the other writers have done such a great job of uh, really modernizing a, a theme that's been used in the past, but not updated. And they've right, updated right, right. it. It's great. Um, well, so. I, I will check it out as soon as it is available and I urge the audience to do the same. It's premiering, you said, uh, in June? Uh, in, in June. And there's, there's in, a premiere in June and a pre premiere in July. And one's in Chicago, okay. one's in yeah. Iowa. Gotcha, gotcha. And then after that, it'll be distributed where we can all find it. Right. There so, might, he might, Patrick might talk him into a local, uh, a local viewing. You never know. <laughs> well, that's cool, cool. Well, Iabu, it was awesome having you on today's show. I've been trying to get you on and it hasn't been your fault. It's been mine trying to get the scheduling right because I'm old and I forget things. So uh, I really appreciate you coming on today. I had a blast. Thanks for having me. Uh, no, thank you. It was it was great. And I am Charles Campbell, author. You can find my books at valleyboypublications.com. You can find me on Instagram under Charles Campbell Author. We also have a Horror 421, the podcast Facebook page. You can find us there. All the links are available on valleyboypublications.com as well. And um, that's it for this week's episode of Horror 421, the podcast. Thank you once again, Iabu. And uh, you guys have a great rest of your week, night, day, whatever you're at. And we'll see you next time on Horror 421, the podcast. Thank you. We hope you had a horrific time, lovelies. Thank you for tuning in to Horror 421, the podcast. Be sure to like us on YouTube and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.